Welcome to another episode of Zero Lift Podcast, our weekly celebration of all things motorsports. I'm your host, Lenny, a.k.a. Mr. Zero Lift. I'm here with Ryan and John. I don't hey. believe in the notepad. And uh, we're joined by the L.A. Toyota specialist, owner-operator of the toy shop down in L.A., my good friend, Jared Crane. What's up, man? What's up? Hello, Zero Podcast. Welcome Zero to the show. Podcast. Sorry. What's up, Jared? No sandwiches here. <laughs> uh, we got Jared on the show today. Uh, we're going to do a little interview-style show. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about the inaugural Miami GPF1 race that went on this weekend. Hey. Did you guys watch it? It was I hype. Yes. I was hyped for it. It was good. Max Who watched won. it? Who watched it? That's that's it's all. the highlights. That's all. Max so, still learning. Max won. I thought the race was like... I mean, it wasn't like controversial or anything BS, but I just didn't think it was all that exciting. It was pretty much like the order that it was. I um, would argue Lance Stroll. I'm sorry, uh, Lando Norris saved that race because, because of that. his incident. Yeah, because like it definitely woke up the crowd. I would have, say you that. have to realize that like Max had run away so far from Leclerc already at that point. There was no way. So at least them bunching up again made it interesting. And then Max just pulled away again. It was freaking nuts. And then Checo had the opportunity to try to pass Carlos and biffed it. Uh, I think Carlos kind of turned into him, but it's more like a racing incident. But overall, I agree with you, John. It was kind of, it wasn't like Monaco-esque parade, but it was pretty dang close. Yeah, I was waiting for like a, a mm. battle between Leclerc and Verstappen, and Leclerc started to look like he was going to get on him after the restart, and then just never really made it happen. Um, there were some decent fights going on in the midfield, but uh, I did, there just wasn't a whole lot of changing places, you know? I'd like to get, get in here at this point and uh, really help Ryan out in his anti-Mercedes campaign. <laughs> um, oh not exactly anti-Mercedes, more anti-Lewis Hamilton, which I think Ryan will appreciate even more here, sure. um, is that they gave the better strategy to Russell. Well, and Lewis did. noticed that. Yeah, Lewis. What do we think about that? So it was funny because I was watching it with my mom and my brother. And my brother's kind of, he's a car head, but doesn't really follow F1. And it he, it was funny because he was just like, he knows who Lewis is and just how much they talk about him. It reminds me of like, we're talking about LeBron and he's not even in the fucking finals. It's just like, we're not, why are we talking about this guy? It doesn't make any sense. But I think George has stepped up. He's done a really good job in the car and, and put the most out of what is essentially a mid-pack car uh, this season. And Lewis is kind of on the decline and doesn't know what to do with it. Um, so we'll see how he handles it. I don't know how wow. he declines want... strong, but... Hey, what did he, what did he finish? <laughs> this man said decline he is to on a seven-time world P15 champion. 15 two races ago. So yeah. I'm sorry. And it, About and it, Lewis... Lewis is not um, coping with the car as well as Russell is. Russell has like one and a half times the points Lewis does. So he's, I mean, on the one hand, you have a rookie that's really stepping up. Yeah. Um, but like, if Lewis was tied for the championship going into the last race last season, like, you can't, like, in five years, we're going to know. But like, right now, this could just be an off season. Is it the car or the driver? Because again, Don't, I think I just hear you saying well, decline. Lewis is on the decline. Well, it's probably well, not the driver. That. It's probably coming from not outside. Hamilton doesn't look like he's pushing the car as hard. No. Yeah. 
And yeah. I think that car reacts hard to a harder driven to being harder driven. Not just from a guy that doesn't watch F1, just by watching highlights and little stuff like that, it looked like this wasn't pushing as you hard. Know, you know what Hamilton's like driving style reminds me of? It reminds me of like if you guys ever done like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or MMA or anything like that. And it reminds me of like when you're rolling with the coach and he's just kind of letting you feel some ah, stuff. So it's making and you then, feel good so you can get the flow. Yeah. And then you start to get coach in an arm lock and he just fucking decimates you. Like that's yeah. how Lewis has always kind of felt on the track. Like he'll kind of like be with a guy and play with him and stuff. And then he just like kind of puts a hammer in. And I just haven't seen the, I haven't seen him turn coach mode on this two season years. at all. Last season he didn't either. Now, now ask yourself, do you think it's because he can't? Or because he's pushing it, he's, he can't push it that hard, or he is pushing it that hard? I think it's a comfort thing. I think it's the car. I think it's, it's the car. Thing. Well, I mean, yes, the car, but like I also think it's a comfort thing. But I think it's related to the it's car. It's the comfort because, again, the aerodynamics and the way these cars handle is completely different than what he won seven championships with. He got used to a certain style of vehicle. It changed <laughs> because he is old and essentially – not able to keep up with that. I'm just saying. Look at look at you. You, you say you say things like old, and then I look at like Fernando and Vettel. Fernando who are actually stepping up compared to the last year. Yeah, Fernando is stepping up compared to last year, but he had to take a break. And well, go. that's because the the car is much better condition. You're saying that Alpine I, I really, is a better I really condition think, than Merck. I'm I'm saying that I think Alpine has the car better together than the Mercedes did, or at least prior to this weekend. Uh, another point that I want I want to say is that the Mercedes car looked different in practice than it did in qualifying on the race. So on, on Friday, because I watched everything, uh, just because I wanted to see everything that F1 was putting on for the first Miami GP, like they really hyped it up, it right? Awesome. So I wanted to see the whole show. All the, the free stuff that they had on on YouTube, on ESPN, that was great. Uh, but that's something I, I want to talk about in a little bit. But back, back to Lewis and the car. Um, and Russell too on Friday in, in free practice, the car was had much more pace than it did on on qualifying in the race, and so they definitely detuned it because something didn't work, or you know maybe a part was more vulnerable, was more prone to snap or you know fail. Um, but I think, like John said, um, it's a comfort thing. They they might be rolling into a more higher pace um, because listen, it's we're not even a quarter of the season through, right? And so it's long. They have a, a long way to go, and I think Lewis will be probably battling for the championship again at, by the end of this. But but also, let's not forget that Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull make up the top six. So, like, yes. Lewis Hamilton is sixth. So, like, when you say, like, yeah. oh, he's falling, bottom like, he's of the pack. Sick. He's he's still he's still haters doing. gonna hate. Look, he is the slowest of the best. <laughs> that is correct. So here's the deal. Here's what I'm saying. He is just slim. He is simply drifting from the greatness, and is in decline. I, I a lot of great. He's too. still really when good. Don't want to let go. He's no still way. really good, but he's in decline. Okay, it's hard. I know. Look, it happens to the best of them. You okay, can't, you can't say that at the start of the next. Like you don't you yeah. don't just wake up one day. And you suck. Like, you wake up one day, you wake up one day, and your track car becomes a project car. Oh, it happens. Okay, I mean, it does. <laughs> it, yeah, it does. Okay. 
if next season Russell's contending for podiums and Lewis is sliding further into the bin pack, then I will agree with you. I think that's going to happen time. this season. You just said it's a long season. I'm telling you, the Lewis counting is, your chickens. Ryan's calling it early. Lewis, it Lewis early. is going to have another. Yeah. He is going to have another P14, P13 stuck behind Gasly type of race again before he sees a podium. Man, you know, if I can make a comparison here. Lewis Hamilton is a lot like Psychedelics Anonymous. You just don't bet oh, against it. Wow. Okay. So I've, all Shout right, out folks. to my We've got a bunch of Lewis and, fans And so here. with that, yeah, I'm going to just say one more thing on this Miami GP <laughs> yeah. uh, as it was the first one. Uh, F1 put on a spectacle of an event. I really got to say they outdid themselves. I've never seen an F1 race event quite like that. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it like in the panning shots during the race or, you know, in the warm up or whatever. Uh, what they had going on, like on the outskirts of the track, and like there was stuff going on concerts while fake the harbor. race was, yeah, the fake harbor with the real boats, yeah. uh, the concerts, the uh, gondolas across the track, like the whole thing was a, just an American spectacle, and I loved, I loved to see it, and I hope that F1 really learned, like it just looked like they employed the right event planners and the right event managers and everything was really good it was the most american gp i've ever seen <laughs> it had the the police motorcycle escort for max verstappen from uh park Ferme to the podium like it was awesome. great Dude, Loved it. We're, going to, we're going to go to vegas next year too so it's only going to get more hype oh right miami yeah, yeah miami I, vegas, i'm just i'm just saying and yeah. austin and austin <laughs> The the American GPs are turning into be like turning to be the F one races to be at like physically, not just to to watch at home. That's because we I live in like America. In, it's hard to fly over to. It's Europe. all about the money. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, like, yeah, the money's there. That's why we're I'm crossing yeah. my fingers to see some Middle East GPs. Bahrain or uh, Saudi? I, I go to Bahrain, yeah. dude. Abu, Bahrain is Abu, way Abu better. Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Oh, you Abu do Dhabi. Abu Dhabi? Man, that's fair. Yeah, you can even take a trip the out to Azerbaijan. Yeah, Azerbaijan that would is a be, great circuit. That would be an easy flight. Yeah, I would yeah, argue yeah. that Bahrain is of the three in the desert the best circuit and race. The Bahrain's an hour and a half from where I'm going to be. Yeah, it is the best desert race. I'll, I'll, it's not I'll, a bad drive at four thirty, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what their track day policies are like, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be nuts, John. For real. If I go to but, Saudi Arabia and end up buying something cool, you guys will be the first people I tell about it. Show, right? We fucking love it. That's right. Good so getting on. into the meat and potatoes of today's show, our special guest, Mr. Jared Crane. Uh we'd like to just have a fireside chat, get to know you a little bit, why you love speed, and then you have the hunt and need for speed. Um, Chad, what uh, what do you do on a daily? Let's start with that. Minus the kids, or are we just talk about work? No, we'll start with kids. I don't just wake well, up, get kids yeah. ready and stuff. You know, the whole life. I'm, I'm off to work. I'm open. <laughs> start it up. Shop talk. I'm open up a shop at seven thirty. What do you, radio, what, what shop do you run? What what do you what kind of cars yeah, do you mainly work on? Advertisement, right? So the toy shop, we're Toyota specialists. Uh, we've been at my location for thirty years since um, Desert Storm. That's how we market it. That's um, a callback, yes. <laughs> right? Um, 
hey, he's been there for 30 years. He's strictly done Toyotas. And then how I got in there was I read at high school he was hiring. Got in there with him and started wrenching and just fell in love with it. Already had an 88 Toyota pickup that I was building to go in the desert to haul my dirt bikes around. So, you know, that was my love at the time. And then, uh, yeah, that's how I got to there. I don't know, rambling. <laughs> if, uh, so the toy shop, is it only working? It's a Toyota shop, I assume. It's a, yes, and that's, play the only thing we, that's yeah, only thing we work on. Um, it's Robert, the owner, myself, owner. And then we have one other guy. It's a little two-bay shop. Um, but yeah, we keep it lean and mean. We start cranking out cars left and right, but that's all we work on Toyota. So we got a pretty good name in the Orange County, LA County area. Um, yeah, look us up if you guys ever need anything in those areas. What, what kind of uh, work or, or things would you say you get is like your specialty? Like if you're going to, I'm not talking about any new water pump. I mean, like if you're going to do something cool, like what, what do so you that's kind of where That's kind of where I came into as myself because it's really just a, the bread and butter shop where it's you know, all your general maintenance and we don't pull motors or do heads. We do all general maintenance, especially now with the new stuff, all electrical. Electrical is huge now with the CAN bus systems and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like mainly what the shop does. But what I've brought into is the, more the off-road world, hence my phone behind me. You just can't see it, but yeah. Um, that's what I bring I'll Make sure to post it on, on our Instagram and Twitter for us, for all our Send viewers. Just some, some pics. Um, yeah, so that's what I've kind of brought into the shops, more the off-road kind of style and um, kind of just building it from there. And that's kind of helped us through the pandemic too, is, you know, the, um, as you guys saw, you know, off-roading and getting outside went huge. So that was huge business for us. So that's kind of, you know, we started doing to the overlanders and doing their three basic three inch coil over lift kits with their upper arms and you know, stuff like that, or re-gearing, you know, front and rear diffs and stuff. Just that's kind of what I brought into the shop um, as, you know, being owner and whatnot. So yeah, that's kind of that part of the shop. How how did you uh, get into the off-road dirt bike uh, kind of love of, of car things? How far back does that go? Started probably with the big wheel days. Racing my little brother and everybody down the street, I was always racing on the big wheels. We always, we'd have kids everywhere racing on big wheels. Dude, it was awesome. Then BMX bikes, loved going fast, started doing that. And then some of my buddies were older than me that living down the street. They started having cars and they'd have like lowered trucks and lowered S10s and like, ooh, go fast in that. So start, that's how it got me into the cars, but I was already riding dirt bikes. Like I had the mix of like both worlds going on. So I absolutely loved it. Just anything fast and anything that I could drive. I didn't even care if it was fast or slow. I just wanted to drive it. So for, for our viewers who don't know, uh, Jared here is an L.A. native. He's always been in L.A. He's still based out of L.A. So, like, you hear I, – I hear S10s, and I think, okay, S10s down in L.A., they're S10 not your pickups. usual S10s. Yeah, your Chevy S10 pickups, like your box-style ones, like your early 90s, you know. it's They were having to drive it around. Were, were they all go and no show, or, or are they show oh, no, See, we were, we're all go and no show your shit boxes that just hauled ass and looked like crap you know but they went and we went fast that's all we cared about was just going fast and we were getting in trouble on the streets because then i get my license and i get my pickup and i want to go fast pickups don't go fast i have my dirt bike well my buddy's got fast cars so i want to buy a fast car start off with a 91 mr2 turbo and then my shit then my street that's quite the first car yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. where the love of street racing came. Uh, street racing, driving, that's on the street. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where the street scene came in. And then 
went to college and of course you get surrounded by all us kids at that age that just love cars so hold on i'd like to stop you here because i feel uh, like you just glazed over your mr2 and like i've seen pictures of, of it i've never seen thing. it in person <laughs> yeah it was a beautiful car so what um, did you do to it it basically i didn't do any body work hated doing it i can't pay attention to that type of detail that's why i like mechanical portion um it's, it's a good thing you know my man that, huh? nowadays my man that's why i know you see um basically had a rod knock so i had to do engine so five that five s bottom end i hold one i have 98 camry strong i forget it was like a, because of the casting of the 98 it was the strongest bottom end you can do stock didn't have to really do anything with the internals or anything, which gave you a 2.2 of 2.0 bottom end. It's cool, but use the 3S head on top of it, so you still get your turbo, the flow in the head for your turbo. A little methanol injection, little cams, exhaust. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. A little methanol fun. injection. Just, just <laughs> a little. Just a, just a touch of meth. Just a little yeah. bit. Uh, did you ever dyno? Very fun car. It, yeah, it was a little over 480 to the wheels. 480? 480? Yeah. Yes. In an MR2? Yes. What turbo are you running? <laughs> T26 with uh, some work done to it internally, custom. Yeah. You said a GT26? CT. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, so no way. this was a little little <laughs> far back in time, John. So I, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, back yeah. probably. Ooh. Seven, two thousand seven. Wasn't a CT twenty six? Wasn't that like the same cartridge size as like what the Supras are running and stuff? Stock. Okay, so it, was a, it was a big effing hybrid though, because the stock yes. CT twenty six is not pushing that. Oh, no, oh, it was okay. internally worked by. I didn't know at the time how he did it, what he did internally, but I gave him this. He gave me this, and this is what we got out of it. It was a lot of balls for that little car. A lot of ducks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's. In the last very long. <laughs> no, I would think you'd need no. forged everything for that. No, no, I didn't last very long. But it was fun. Good car. Buddy of mine, buddy of mine sold it to a buddy of mine. He drove it for a little while. He sold it to somebody else, and it's been long, long gone. It's, After that, it's crazy us. that you put a Camry block in it, and and that turned out to be a, a stronger solution. Remember your like LS episode? Toyota does have some engines that they did kind of just stick with for a very long time on the bottom ends. So your 3S, oh, yeah. the S is the same, 5S. Like your, um, gosh, what are the older ones? Like the 7As, the 4As, you can bolt those on. You can just swap them. It's the same ball. They bolt right oh, in. Look at the look at today, the the 2GR V6 in I, their sedans, in the everything. Tacoma, in a oh. Lotus. Um, it's the same engine. Yes, very, very much so. Except the one in the Tacoma, stay away from it. Just don't get it. They wow. are having coolant pipe problems on the back of the heads. It's about a twenty-eight to thirty-three hundred dollar job that starts leaking thirty thousand plus miles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bad. I would even go to the shop. My Tacoma has sixty thousand miles, no problems. What year is it? Seventeen. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> My you may not know that you're losing coolant because it starts off. It starts off because being the specialist, we see it all the time. It starts off just seeping, 
and it won't go down to the ground. It won't even go down past your bell housing. It just sits there and burns off, and you just get these pink Mount Everest-looking things building up on the top of the transmission. So it that actually hits cool. them off-road or bump, and it comes off, and then you don't see it, and you won't notice it until your truck starts running hot because you have no visual leak. Mm. So if people doing your service, or if you do it, look above your bell housing and peek way up in there. That's where they start. God, I love experts and the shit they see. <laughs> Interesting. That's fantastic. I love Mike Tacoma. Yeah. I love so, so wait a second. So you're telling me great, that they're great trucks. The truck of like <laughs> the mountain bike community essentially is falling to waste. No, no, no. See, oh, just with the two GR in it. Okay. The ones with the four O, golden. Gotcha. Absolutely golden. Okay. Like beautiful. Those four O's are awesome. The three point five E direct injections screwing Toyota right now. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so after the MR2, what was next? 1975 Corolla SR5. That thing was rad. I had all intentions on taking the 3TC that was out of it, the four-speed that was out of it, putting the beams motor in. You know, that awesome beams motor that you guys love hearing about. <laughs> the beams motor. <laughs> beams. Had all intentions for it, and then uh, that's about time when I was going to the military. So... I was like, that's when the 2008 recession was hitting. I'm sure you guys are old enough to remember that, that what that did to the market. So that's it's exactly like, right. the same time that I went into the army. Yep. So yeah, yep. Yep. the yep. same so, time I went into the navy. Yep, there you go. Oh wow, you don't say. Yeah, yep. it's really yeah, it funny. Affected a generation. Yeah, it's really yeah, and it's about to affect another one here in the next one, yep. even more so. But we we tried to be an economics yep. podcast last one last week. We're not doing that again. Uh, <laughs> what I will say here is that we're all in, from the same sort of aviation community. Uh, Jared and I were Blackhawk uh, mechanics and crew chiefs. John here was a U eight sixty Blackhawk pilot. So yeah. we all share that same platform. Who? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, so I sold I, the, so I didn't do much work to that Corolla. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I should have never let that go. That thing is was awesome. Sounds yeah. badass. Yeah. yeah. So I that's this is where I, this is where I meet you in okay. your car journey. We meet each other for the first time at Fort Eustis in Virginia. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. During Fort during Eustis. our Blackhawk. Yeah. I was trying to go Black back. Blackhawk training. First meet. Yeah. Yeah, you Fort were in the Eustis. class ahead of me. Oh. Uh, then we we found each other again at Fort Hood at at the auto hobby shop on, on the base of Fort hood. Um, and you, you already had an S two K by that oh. time. Oh, ah, S2 yeah. S two K with the, uh, it had like a maroon top to it. Cause the one got shredded. Ah, I yes. Was, I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that yep. was a rare, that was a rare, uh, top option for, for the AP one, I believe. Very, very the maroon, yeah. maroon, yeah. maroon soft top. And then somebody put a knife through it. Remember that? Mm, yeah. yeah we won't we won't talk about them though yeah. or would you talk about the drift, drift days and empty parking lots that was a lot more fun <laughs> <laughs> so so at this time uh we're, we're both stationed at fort hood we're you know young 20 something year olds with money we're single jared's got the ap1 at s2 s2000 that he drove from california i'm looking for a car i remember us driving it was me you and Harrington in his Camaro that he bought. <laughs> we drove down from Fort Hood to I think it was Houston, around the Houston area. It was like around a three hour drive. Yeah. Or something At like least. 
for for me to go check out this red S13 bodied at 240SX um, with a cracked windshield. It was all stock. It was great. Uh, I remember walking up to the, the house great. and like <laughs> and think and yeah, the the neighborhood was not great. Uh, I remember that distinctly. But I, I I just like I saw the 240 out in the driveway. It looked great. It looked like it was just washed. That you did me, did me great. Your mind was set but, up before you even got it. Like you, yeah, yeah. I was definitely, it. I was buying the car before. I mean, and, and at the time it was like eighteen hundred bucks. What, what is that now, right? You can't. And pick S13s up. were all the craze at that time too, because Formula D and everything coming out. Initial no, D's kicking you off. You can't pick up a clean bodied stock S13 bodied. 240SX now for 1800 bucks like I did. Absolutely. So I knew at the time no. that the value it was it was value oh, yeah. right there, right? Oh, yeah. What I didn't expect was that there was and a the teenager future. selling it me the car. So it was kind of I weird. Just... Oh man. Um but or we driving around yeah, the S2000 going and finding that exhaust. Yeah, crazy stories. Oh, well, that that <laughs> another teenager sold me. So yeah, there there was a lot of like uh <laughs> really awkward exchanges for parts and cars. <laughs> Then that we went through here, that car. You're just out here preying on kids, huh? Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it I, felt, I like... felt that way. <laughs> wow. Because I mean, I bought, I bought the exhaust from the kid for fifty bucks. That's a good soundbite. <laughs> yeah, don't take that out of context, anybody who's listening. Uh, but back to Jared and us and his S2K and drifting. We got up to some Hoonigan stuff, man. At, oh, at man. Hood, you got to... Can you, can you remind me? Because I don't really remember a lot. We we lived the typical gearhead, hood rat <laughs> lifestyle in the military, and it was awesome. Literally, yeah. I'd buy parts. We're putting cars. We're putting the parts on the cars at the shop on base. It was rad. Lenny'd buy parts. We're putting shop. We're putting parts on it. Well, of course, once you put parts on, you got to go thrash the car. Not better than Texas back roads. Rough as hell, but you're gonna have fun. <laughs> so what you're yeah. saying is that nothing changed when you moved to Japan. <laughs> I'm glad to hear yeah. that. Yeah. How... If anything, it got worse. Dude, I was about we... to say it probably got faster. We, we were going at... definitely. We lived at that hobby shop. We lived at the hobby shop. That that was me and Letty. <laughs> that was me and Letty. Yeah. Jared Jared, Jared and I are, is what really started my car addiction. And and everything that he had taught me in the the short amount of time because we had, we deployed shortly after and then we got separated and we, we never got back so, together yeah but, but uh, i'll yeah. never i'll never forget drifting out of the uh out of the airport gate <laughs> well yeah the airfield gate the both oh, tandem man. drifting out that was awesome side by side just pitching it right in front of all the mps no yeah. just right so, by so them. <laughs> i got i gotta tell this story it, it was Late at night, me, both me and Jared were in the Delta Company maintenance for our uh, Blackhawk Aviation Battalion, and we were on night shift. Uh, I, 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 we had already done the the stance suspension work uh, to my 240, and so like it was handling the way it should, um, albeit with not a lot of power. But you know, that's besides the point. Uh, so it, it must have been like one, two o'clock in the morning, and where we were, we're, we're in an airfield, and there's an airfield gate, and there's MP security there. Um, but the way to our barracks, which was literally just down the street, uh, it's like a very sharp and wide 90 degree left-hand turn, Beautiful sharp enough and wide enough for, uh, AP one S two K 
and a S13 240SX to tandem drift that turn corner, <laughs> like just right out of the, the airfield gate. And like, no I don't way really the MPs could we... win that. It looked yeah. too pretty to be mad. Like, it was so perfectly in sync. Like, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect, completely unplanned and perfect. Yeah. Because I, I remember, I remember I was driving behind you and uh, up to the airfield gate, there's, there was that uphill sort of in camber uh, left-hand sweeper and you yes. drifted the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, this MFR over here, like, <laughs> I got to get up to him because I know what he's about to do. And because we had talked about it, we're like, oh, how oh, cool would it be yep, to yep. drift the airfield gate? And we and got yeah. it. Got it. Oh, had to do it. So had to do it. It was so, so good. Was it was it a gate like turning off base? Like how did you not get pulled over? They no, just no, it I was don't all know. In base. I, I was all in base. I have no clue why they didn't come after us. I'm telling you, it was either too pretty or they just didn't care. I'm yeah. going with too pretty. I do remember perfect. Dude. I do remember us uh immediately turning on to the tank trail road. Uh, making a right and, make, and to the tank trail road, and then like I split off onto another road, and yep. we met yep. each other like 20 minutes later on the other side of Fort Hood, which is like we just six met up without distance. any communication, no communication. We, we just, just immediately knew where to go. Just, just met up, dude. I get pulled uh, over. I get pulled over on base for picking my nose. I have no idea how y'all got away with that. It was beautiful. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know either. It's there was definitely a safety meetings and stuff put out the next day at formations, but you know, <laughs> no one knew. It? it was yeah, it was just two oh. red cars. I don't know who owned it. I'm, yeah, no clue. That's that's <laughs> terrific. Amazing. But I mean, if that's the worst thing I'm doing, pick your head, kids. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get into <laughs> too much, too much Hoonigan trouble. We never really put anybody else besides ourselves in danger, I would say. We found empty spaces and empty parking lots. And around Fort Hood is all warehouses. Like, come on. We did it responsibly. Yeah. It's a large base, that's for sure. Yeah. It's very large. Just break the law so, responsibly. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Just make sure no one but yourself gets hurt, if anybody would, I would say. Now, that's some but good words to by. Hot take. I like, I like this. It's this journey of cars that, like, my each car brought me to a different stage of life. I like it. It's going <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, what, right? what was the next car after that? Because yeah. I, uh, I wasn't. I was. We weren't really was, uh, uh, part of each other's lives. We kind of broke enough. Yeah. I, I went, went to Bliss. I went, I went to, to Japan. Uh, lucky you, dog. I was okay. Yeah. I was riding dirt. I was riding dirt bikes and I had a 2008 Tundra. So, I was loving life riding dirt bikes literally everywhere. And that's when I had that rad little rat rod bike too that little cb 750 i think it was awesome but yeah so that that's another thing speed I like going fast and i don't live on mama's roof anymore so i can have a street bike i don't know how your parents were with street bikes but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i just love going fast um what's rad i don't know if you guys ever been to bliss but out of bliss going towards cloudcroft so it's like a what would you say 10 to 13 miles straight like dead straight mm-hmm yeah. So Reset I actually some... was just down there because my wife and I for our anniversary went, flew into El Paso. Yeah, you did a road trip down there. That's right. Went to El Paso, and then we went over to the Guadalupe Mountains, and then Carlsbad yep. up to White Sands. Man, it is really hard not to go sub three digits on on that highway. It's it's. Just... I rat bike. 
146. I should not have been going that fast. Yeah, that, really? it purposely Lord. purposely geared it lower to get more of a top speed. It took forever to get to it, but I got there, and that, I will never do that again. The Highway bike. 62, man, it goes forever, just forever uh, east out of El Paso, straight. man. Just for, yeah, straight ish, and like long enough that you can easily reach the top speed of whatever vehicle you're in. Uh, yeah, and it's gorgeous. And I would not want to get in an accident because you will not have service. <laughs> oh, anywhere you're there. <laughs> Nowhere there. Complete BFE uh, corner yeah. of Texas, man. That's for sure. Now, I find that kind of cool that you go from like a Texas base to a Texas base and you're a Cali guy and you've stuck with Toyota. I guess the question that keeps coming to mind for me is, is why Toyota? That all started with a guy named Matt Heltman watching him desert racing. And he had the sickest two-wheel drive off-road race truck okay and my parents bought me an 88 single cab toyota pickup for 500 bucks super appreciative of it so you mind so you know it was awesome it was all different color reds i mean just looked like crap but we put a bunch of little grease into it and it was rad but that's what started my love for toyota's right there i was like i can take this truck and they can do that obviously not it was a ton of work to it to make it do what he did but <laughs> yeah but that's where the love of toyota came and then you know, I saw the MR2 and I was like, that thing's rare. It's weird. Mm. You know, I like it. And I was like, that's the car road just went that way and just stuck with Toyotas. Love them. Ever since, just fell in love with them. Yeah, I find that interesting. You've, you've, because that was one of the things. You've gotten into the trucks, though. Oh, yeah. Love the trucks. Well, I mean, see, I do want to get back into car racing and whatnot. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. I'm thinking Lotus Exige S, you know, here ooh. in the future. Yeah. yeah, John loves the sound of that. Yeah, John get the knee, the knee pads ready. We all do. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, so it's that'll... still Toyota DNA, right? Exactly, and that's why I love it because right. it's unique. You know, you can't be like everybody else. That's why I love the MR2. You know, the Crow SR5. You know, that's they're all kind of unique stuff. I don't like having the normal car. I mean, I did have a '63 Mercedes 190. That was a rad car. Four speed on the tree. Four speed on the tree. That thing was awesome. The perfect car to go surfing down in Huntington Beach. It was awesome. Hell yeah. That's sick. And the color that you had on it, it was so nice, dude. dude. It was matte metallic blue with a black satin top. And I had matching seats. I had all black seats in there with the the blue matching piping all the way around it. Old school. It was so rad, dude. That's pretty sick. (laughs) Was that wrapped or was that paint? It was wrapped. It was wrapped. So I had it. I had did it right, though. I did the, had the body work done wrap. and hammered and sealed. So that way it actually you know, held. Yeah, no, it yeah, looked great. I remember you you showing me pictures of it, uh, sending me pictures of it um, while I was in Japan. And, like, I couldn't tell if it was wrapped or painted. And I had to ask you. It was it was awesome. That, that car had hands, but then uh, kids came along. So boys went. Uh, Bye-bye, toys. Yeah. But at, yeah, least you, see it. at least you still work at a shop that you get to still like either influence or help other people to have their toys. Yeah, exactly. I and that's, that's and really that's cool. what's rad. That's what's super rad too. It's like, and that's where I got back more into trucks too, because I can bring more of that back into the shop. You know, I love off-roading. I love cars, but I also love off-roading. It's kind of where the, my roots came from. So that's why I wanted to bring that to the shop because I'm doing that with the family. Like Brian said, you know, influence others. So I've helped out a lot of people that had bone stock trucks and they're like, Hey, we want to do, you know, hiking and fishing and all that other stuff and we know that you have your truck 
So it's been cool to help out families and stuff like that. But that's mainly kind of what brought me more back to the off-road than away from the street. But then obviously me and you go to Bud and Willow and that bug hits. So, so educate <laughs> me here. Hit hard. Educate me here as a Midwesterner, right? You're in California. You're driving trucks. Oh. Where are you going off-roading? Because like... Well, so look up like Norco on a map. I'm at the base of the mountains for Big Bear, okay. San Bernardino Mountains, all that. I'm 10 miles from it, in the base of the mountains. So, and then I got dirt trails all the way up to the summit. I just did it last weekend. It was pretty cool. From okay. literally the bottom all the way yeah. to the top. Dirt. Ryan, there is a wealth of cool places to get weird in California, actually. Yeah. I was gonna figure, yeah, so the, there's mountains. Places. Because yeah, I mean you've got the you've got a huge range there. So you're saying because. Lenny had said that you're kind of from Los Angeles. So for us people that don't understand. So my main. Help us understand. I was kind of outskirts LA. So I was like Cerritos, Cyprus. So like local people know that, but Cerritos is LA, Cyprus is Orange County. I'm right on the border. Park, Yeah. Knott's Berry Farm. Okay. That's a good landmark I'm close to. Gotcha. So it's really not too far for you to get up by Big Bear Lake, which is gorgeous area. I'm I'm familiar with that and all the squiggly roads yeah. on 18. Uh, oh, oh. So I take dirt trails to bypass 18 and all that stuff. We gotcha. just take a dirt trail all the way up. Okay. Pretty fun. So you like the squiggly bits more on the dirt than you do on the tarmac. Um, I have the love for both. I actually, uh, the mountain stuff's kind of new to me just because kids. I'm slowing everything down. Like I said, <laughs> this thing was built to go fast, so. You know, this truck's built to go fast, not really slow, but mountains, you don't really go too fast. So that's, I need speed, which is why me and Lenny still talk about, you know, racing cars and stuff like that. And like my absolute love for Lotuses and eventually we'll race one, either an ZHS, we'll see, but that's my goal. Eventually get back Jared, and I, Jared, and I, Jared and I are definitely building a car one of these days together. Yes. For sure. Well, yes, John. Definitely going to happen. All right. So I got a question. How long you been doing the shop thing? So I went there in 06, graduated 06, stayed there till 09, so there, three years there. And then went military, got out in 14. So since 14, I've been back. So okay, gosh, so. Or 10 years, 11 years there. 12 years. So here's a, yeah. here's a question I got. You're involved in a shop, and it sounds like you're still very enthusiastic about it. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, it's a fair okay. statement. I know a lot of guys that mostly probably the custom space um, that hate it. Like it's, it's their job, mm-hmm. but they're just so burnt out. I don't, I don't know if I know any custom so shop learned... guys that are happy and what's yeah. your secret, like, or, you know, what's the key to being happy working in the mechanic industry? That's a great question. And a lot of that, a lot of those off-road shops popped up around here around here and they reach out to me. So how do I put it? Um, I, the bread and butter isn't the off-road. The off-road is fun in the shop. I bring that in when I want, when I am slower off with the other stuff, you know, with the other general maintenance, that's where I'm making my money. I'm not stressing about that. People are always going to break cars because they got to put miles on cars. You know what I mean? So I'm not stressed about money. These guys that do full custom shops, only custom shops, that's their that's their main income. I don't have right. a bread and butter that just you know is keep flowing. So they're stressing. But yeah, it's fun, but I think that takes away from your enthusiasm. You know, I love my customers hit me up with a bone stock truck. I'm like, yeah, dude, hey, I'm gonna walk you through this, walk you through that. How how much are you gonna do? Like, well, I don't mind doing that. And then I schedule it and just schedule it out when I want. You know, 
and I can spread those out. And those jobs get frustrating because they take a lot of tedious work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. So when it's tedious work and you're trying to go fast, lose some of your enthusiasm there. You know, it's, it's not one big thing. I think they lose that makes them lose their enthusiasm. It's little things that keep adding up that just diminishes them throughout it. That makes so much sense. Because and I think that's where I can keep my enthusiasm into off-road, into racing and stuff like and still have a family do all that at the same time, you know? Because I will say that I have – I don't think I've ever had an experience because I try to do most stuff myself, but every now and then, especially with, like, the lifestyle I have now, I have a lot I'm, more ex- ex- disposable money than I do disposable time. Exactly. So, Sometimes I will like be like, yo, I need to do a standalone ECU. I don't want to repin this connector and all this BS. Like you guys just throw it in and I'm not going to tune it anyway because it's mm-hmm. an expensive engine and I just, I know how to tune, but like, eh, I'm not that good at it. Uh, so y'all just install the ECU and tune it, whatever. But every time I've gone to a shop, I've never had what I would say is a totally good experience. And I would say mm-hmm. every time I had one experience where the work was like, like these guys kicked ass, but they completely fucked up the estimate. Um, yeah. But every other time, like it's been like really in-depth custom jobs and they just drop details, mess stuff up, break something else, um, yada, yada, yada. So I think, I guess what I'm saying is like when you're talking about a lot of tedious custom work sapping your energy. um mm-hmm. I, I I think there's something to that just from as not Remember, as a customer, as a customer yeah. that has gone to three or four different shops. Um, I have experienced a lot of frustrations on my end. And that, go ahead, Letty. No, finish that. That sentence. Go ahead. The, um, and again, it goes back to what I was saying. It's that's his main income. Now, I have one guy that he legit does my brakes, my belts, my hoses, my radiators. You know, he, he's does the bread and butter, the valve covers, the easy stuff. I'll go in and do the technical wiring and diagnosing and that stuff. And then, you know, secondary air jobs where I can take manifolds and stuff up, I'll hop in there and do it because I'm quicker at it. But, you know, it's that's my bread and butter. We're good at it. That's always going to happen. These guys have custom work that takes a long time and yeah. tedious, and it's just kicking their – they're not getting a paycheck till that it's done. Awful. So they're going to rush it. They're going to rush it. And they don't want to rush it because they want to get quality. I mean, I feel for them, but you got to find something else to supplement yourself to be able to take your time on those type of jobs. And if you find a shop that does that, I think that's going to be your best customer. You're going to get your best, um, I guess, what am I looking for? Your best experience, customer best experience. Yeah. It's going to take longer. As long as you have patience, that's the shop you want to look for. You get three well, things. Think- you get quality, cost, or speed. Yep. Pick two. Yeah. Get two of the three. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, you go with this. <laughs> I will say this I will say this the one shop that did absolutely bang up work no problems but they 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 biffed the estimate when I got the charge it was like getting punched in the stomach however they also dyno tuned my car at 520 22 psi and the thing's just been mm-hmm. For four years now, so reliable. Like, yeah, yeah. There it is. <laughs> you got what you paid for, though. Yeah, quality. Yeah. But, you know, cost, I would say, yeah, quality. <laughs> yeah, you got hit with it, but and quality, and that's you know kind of our thing too. Where I get frustrated customers too. They're like, oh well, you know, you're almost as much as the dealer. Well, defend sure. almost, but yeah, you're almost as much as the dealer. But you know, this guy's cheaper. That's fine. Go to him. 
does he know if you replace that, you also need to replace this and this, and he's going to go back in and charge you this. Oh, that's fine. Go get the estimate. That's fine. Please. You know what I mean? But you just got eight people that are straight up. That's where the specialist comes in because some shops don't even know. You know, I found that I found that a lot when I was working, uh, body and paint as well in Japan, uh, because mostly I was dealing with American customers. That was, I was the American liaison for the, for the body shop. Um, and I, I totally agree with your sentiment as well about the custom work. Uh, I did three custom jobs in a row and I absolutely hated job two and three. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like at the time I thought, uh, I was I was making a, a good amount of money on those jobs, and I didn't think it was going to be that custom of a job, and so like I, I also underestimated it. Um, you have to eat, and you have to eat because you got to save face. But yeah, I I, I yeah. ate it. Uh, but I I, abs- I absolutely hated it. Um, and I gr- it was a grind. It was a grind out. The first job was great. I really loved it. I was like, yeah, I could do more of this. Like I really I really like this. But the next two jobs were were also uh, exponentially on a different level because the customers wanted something different because it's a custom job. And so like nothing is going to be the same. Um, you, John's been at one end and you've been at the other end, you know, as the employer or the person doing the work, John, the customer, you know, I have sentiment for yeah. both of you. It's, it's rough. You know, you rough in both shoes. Custom jobs. So. John, John's nope. custom job uh, caught me on a good end. I, I didn't, hadn't done a custom job uh, in, a, in a minute. And so like I enjoyed doing uh john's side skirt ex- extensions also because it also benefited me because then i knew how to do it on my own car but you know it's different oh, and, <laughs> it's something and also practice I gotta, I gotta, on john's oh yeah i gotta i gotta take back. <laughs> it was i do i gotta take back something i said i wasn't thinking about the job lenny did for me that job was i was very happy with it very straightforward i said lenny how much is it going to be he said this much i gave him money he did the job it was great See, that's rare to find and that's why I think a lot of people come to us as well. Like timing belt, quick thing, timing belt. People are like, oh, this shop can do timing belt for 100 bucks. Well, why is, why is yours 1100 Well, because are they going to do the water pump, the bearings, the seals, the coolant, the thermostat, flush this, yeah. the external bearing, the extender that goes bad? It's We're going to go back in there. I'm telling you up front. So, hey, I'm just letting you know up front. And that's where I think you get the specialist comes in. You know? Yeah. That definitely screams experience and someone who knows yeah. what the fuck they're doing. Find your expert. Yeah. If it's not a Toyota, go to a Honda expert. You know what I mean? Find your expert, your specialist, your general Find guy. He's good for general stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. Well, speaking of experts, I think we should consult our panel of experts. Boom. Nice transition, uh, John. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Are you sure John's not hosting this episode? <laughs> hey, man. I'm just We're helping all out here where together, I can. Man. I'm just helping out where I can. We're just a bunch of communists. Um, so we got Big Homie on the show, and uh, we had a little consensus before the episode started. And he wants to play, um, freaking race scrap Ra- daily. Yeah, scrap race you daily. Excuse me. You got it. Uh, which, for those of you that are just tuning in, is basically our car edition of Bang Mary Kill. I give you three cars. We decide which car we would just get rid of, which car we would have a fun weekend with, and which car we would take home to mom. Um. So we're doing a Toyota edition, and I think we we decided to do the old Toyota shitbox edition to be specific. Yeah, <laughs> let's go shitboxes. Who doesn't love right. a good shitbox? Who everybody loves shitboxes. Man, I'm gonna buy yep. so many shitboxes with this Saudi money. Oh my god. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully, I you're you let me store a Lancia in one of my garages. Bro, this too. I'll set you up a program, right? 
Look, it's dumb. It's it's so stupid because if I bought one, I don't think I'd get to touch it for years. But like, real talk, Lenny. Like, the, the you know I only... take care of it. I take the utmost no, care listen of it. To, listen to me. Listen to me. The only reason I didn't pick up that one on Japan auctions is because the bank screwed you missed me up. it by a couple hours. No, no, I believe it. No, bank screwed. If we come across one of those again, like get at Ooh, it. Absolutely. Because absolutely, what that car sold for and what the market on those is right now is absurd um do you have anyway. so many clowns in america trying to sell that for for like up up six figures it's crazy well every now and then one and, comes on and they're trailer. great cars yeah. don't get me wrong but like yeah oof. yeah 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 by the lotus lenny takes care of it i'll get it set up for racing set up your program we go i don't want and i don't want a black or a red one i want like yellow or white or blue or something white but, be, yeah, it's got to be one of those. The yellow looks really good. Yellow. Yellow. Me and John are on the same page. Yellow. I got you, John. I got you. Ryan, we're going we're gonna to find you a Lancia. We'll give you, we'll give you some pictures. Uh, anyway. All right, all right, all right. Let, let's talk. Yeah. Okay. So rat, let's talk shitbox Toyotas. All right, shitbox Toyotas. So here's what we got. Here's what we got. We got a first-generation Corolla liftback or fastback, the one that kind of looks like an old Mustang from the 70s. All right, we got the Hachiroku 8.6, AE86, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the, original. The initial D car. And, and and a Toyota Starlet, which I also believe is 70s model, right? In the 80s, maybe? 80s for the GT, 80s. right? 80, yeah. The, the 80, yeah. The 86 model, I think, is what and we said. The, 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 cool, the cool one. The cool, the cool, yeah, the cool one hatch. With the, with yeah. the square headlights. Yep. All right. So I'll go first. Here. I'm interested on letters. I'm definitely interested on yours. Yeah, let's let's hear it. I'll go first. Um, I think I am gonna have to scrap the Starlet. Ooh, hot take. Mm. Hot take. And it kills me. Wow. Why is that? Uh, I, I actually really like the Starlet. Like, it's such a, it's one of those quir- quirky '80s Toyota cars that like just hits me in the feels. Um, but with this combination, I just don't know. Wow, I, I have to make a decision here, right? Um, so then I, I have to take the '70s Celica GT fastback home to mama because that's just a, such a cool car wow. oh yeah it's a classic right um and as john had mentioned before it's uh, the design cues of the car are very american muscle just sort, sort of a more compact way and i really love the way that the japanese uh played off of that those design cues in that era um to make their cars and they just and they hit it right um, and I've seen a bunch of them in Japan rotting away and me and Jared have chatted endlessly in those times. Um, oh. and I know I was trying to find him a chassis that was not rotted and for a good price for many years. And I would, I would just love to own one every day because it just, it's just baller car. Like, and, and also more for the Japanese cultural aspect, if I were really to think about it, like a lot of Yakuza's were pictured, driving those cars back in the day and so like 
Mm. It's just the it's just cool. It's just fucking rad. Um, and that leaves the shoot. What what was the third oh, car for race? The Hachiroku. Oh, the A86 to race. How can I forget that? Uh, it does. No, no to race he, it. But you're gonna his... daily. Yeah. 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 In he, daily went back, the, he went the wrong order. The Celica GT. Sorry. He skipped. Yeah. Wait, that's, I might have said Corolla at the start. We agreed on Celica, so excuse yeah. me. They're very similar at that point in time. But anyway. uh, hey, hey, don't, don't do that. It's a Celica GT liftback. <laughs> yeah, Celica GT liftback. If I said Corolla, excuse me. Uh, the A86, while it seems like a unlikely candidate for the track, I think it would absolutely impress on short technical tracks like uh scuba even uh, the yeah. scuba 1000 even even the scuba 2000 the the full course even though it would be a little underpowered on the back straight uh through the technical bits would probably be really good doing good and in i was want to see it yeah doing good in autocross, and the short wheelbase yep really short wheelbase lightweight um the engine unless you have the the 4age nope. Uh, package on it, uh, I think is a little underpowered, but you know, that would if I, if I were to pick a track version of whatever A86, it would be that one with the that one, yeah. aw- most awesome engine. And so, like, I think it would be pretty good. That's my pick. Right. Yeah. See that. I like it, Brian. What you got? Tossing it to me. All right. Well, I gotta see here. This is gonna be tricky because these are all basically awesome cars that I would like. <clears throat> Uh, they're ship boxes. They're Japanese. They're from, you know, I'm, I'm more of a lean towards Honda, but like in the beginning of this, why I asked that question, like what made you choose Honda versus, you know, Toyota versus Honda? It's like, I kind of like the Toyotas. Um, mm, golly. Do you so, need more time? No. Should we just kick it? No, to Jared? no. Hold on. I'm getting into <laughs> it. Don't rush me. Don't rush perfection. So, uh, basically I'm going to scrap, the Celica GT liftback. Mm. Um, mostly because it's kind of, it's like just outside my style. Okay. So it's like, it's, re- I like it. It's pretty. I can't fit a car seat back there. It's, it's just not like, it's like really cool. And if I had, if I would, it's, it, I agree. It's hard to choose. These are all really awesome for me. That's the one I'm going to scrap though. And then it gets into the fact that, like, I don't know what a race. I, this Scarlet looks really cool. I, I don't know. The A6 is amazing. Like, seriously, I, I would go rally this thing in, like, Finland. You're talking about Japanese circuits? Nah, dog. I'm t- and they're both front-engine, front-wheel drive cars that are shitty X-Maxes. Rear-wheel drive. You know? Rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive. Oh, I'm sorry. It's rear-wheel, rear-wheel, rear-wheel drive? drive? Scarlet's rear-wheel drive. Actually, they're all rear wheel drive. They're all rear wheel drive. Yes. They're all are rear wheel. What am I doing? Am I looking at the wrong stats? Am I looking at the wrong stats here? I saw front engine, front front wheel drive for some reason, man. I don't know why. All right, so now I'm doing maybe on the on the newer Corollas. I'm looking at the A6. I thought I said it was front wheel drive. Maybe I'm losing. Oh yeah, there is a the okay, but it has good fifty fifty balance. Okay, so I can handle it. All right, yeah, man. Now you're talking real world drives here. All right, so you know what? I, I'm gonna go. <laughs> you guys are killing me. I'm putting the AE. 
I'm going to put that in the garage. That's a classic. The weeb in me, that makes me happy. It, and I would, you're I, such a weeb. I would, I would, I would still like probably do naughty things with it. But I think this starlet, especially if it's souped up, just to be able to completely go blitz with something like this and like sleep or somebody, I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and 80s I'll, cars. Yeah. And, and really, I would go rallying with this as well. Apparently, the EP81 starlet participated in WRC uh, rally in Greece and won the mm-hmm. A5 class. So clearly this Ooh. thing can do naughty things in the dirt, dry, arid Greece hills in rallycross. So <laughs> let's go. I'll take that. Th- I'm not going to take it on a circuit. This is a circuit. This is like I'm going to toss this in the dirt roads in Nebraska and do silly, silly things. And the cows will be moaning at me. There you go. There's my take. Hopefully it wasn't too spicy. Let's give it out to. Uh, I like it. Let's give it out to Jared. Jared, you want to follow this up? You're the Toyota man. I uh, sadly would say I'd probably have to scrap the Panda, and not Ooh, because I don't uh, like the car. Hot take. Here's here's the thing. I like driving slow cars fast. It's more <laughs> fun. Push driving a fast car fast. I have more fun doing that. Okay. Which is why I would daily the Celica because it's pimp. It's just as he was saying, you know, Japanese gangsters, mafias, all that. They they love those cars back in the day. I love the car. Starlet definitely has to get mashed on the racetrack. That car is just built to get mashed on. Yeah. I don't care if it's in yeah. bone stock class or you threw 4AG built into it or you swap the Beams motor into it. The Beams motor, it's so awesome. God damn it. The, the six-speed behind it. Ooh. But that in that Starlet, oh. That car is just meant to just get mashed on the racetrack, any type of racetrack, dirt, street, whatever. That's what I would do. Word. I dig it. I like it. All right. John? John? Yeah. So I got a quick question. Are we comparing cars that are strictly stock? stock? All right. That was my mentality, bone stock. Yeah, bone stock, but, you know, maybe at the upper echelon of the the trim. I got you. I'm going to tell you this. If I could get Buck Nutty on any car in this list, I would take a Starlet and do disgusting things. However, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, we, would, we would be tag teaming it. Yes, yeah, yes. yes. there's three I of us. There's an orgy at this point. It's a devil's three. No, it's four yes. of us. However, <laughs> <four> how, <laughs> yeah. However, if we are comparing three stock cars, I would probably oh, scrap the good. Starlet. All right, all right. Two for the scrapping the Starlet. Two for racing yeah. it dirty. All right. But, but that's after saying, John, that's after saying. Thing. Two of us actually saying, are going to go race it dirty, though. I'm just saying, that's after saying, if I, could, if I could build out any one, that would be the one. But okay. if we're just going <laughs> side for stock, I would scrap the Starlet just because I just, I don't think stock for stock, it brings as much I'm going to go, table. man, cry. I know, I know. Well, that's the funny it's thing cool, about this Jerry. game. Dude, but... I can go race ours, man. Now, the funny well, thing about this game is that we demand that all of us pick a car to get rid of, and then no matter what car you pick, we're going to be like, what? What? Nope. 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 Because we got a rag on you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would race the Hachiroku because um, I think that's probably the most exhilarating drive out of the three, just off the showroom. Um, Do that. I I like those cars a lot, but know me is the cars and coffee weirdo. That's it's just a little too it's penetrated pop culture a little too much. It's a much. little too expected to see. Yeah. Uh, oh. So I would go have a real good time with it. I can. And then see I would bring home. Yeah, I would bring home the Celica because, bro, that 
old yep. school yep. Japanese. Yep. I yes. put I yep. put some yep. put some fender mirrors and some Watanabe's oh, on yes. it and get oh, weird. Oh, oh, oh it's yeah. gotta be <laughs> that gotta car be. is meant just to look good. So let it's me gotta have fen- the I'm fender mirrors. I'm a Absolutely. casual weed. factory option for a reason. I'm a casual weeb with my H6. You guys are like dirty, dirty, deep in the Nihon culture with the crop. <laughs> All right. That's what's happening mm-hmm. here, folks. Just Nihon so you know. Jin Yeah, Nihon exactly. Exactly. Soda ska. There is a, there is a Sage Green 75 Celica GT liftback. It's probably still rusting in Japan on the corner uh, just by like route two four six in the sixteen junction, on it like that. on a lift, and Jared, I think I sent you a picture of that Celica. <sighs> That's depressing. Back in like two thousand twelve, when I left in twenty twenty, it was still there, and it hadn't moved. So depressing. and there was a, a a separate Celica GT underneath that lift, uh, that I think was restored. Like it was it was at a body shop paint shop, um, but. Yeah, it's it's a lot of those. I I want I want one so bad. I will. Probably That's where we got property, so I can have multiple cars and just start stacking them. John, you have any yeah. place? Yeah, every car. I mean, story cars. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Stack them. Well, that's been another episode of Zero Lift. Uh, you could find us at zeroliftpodcast.eth on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I will be posting a bunch of pictures of Jared's cars that he's had throughout his car journey to include his uh off-road racing that we didn't quite cover uh but we might get him back here in round bit. two yeah. yeah uh i don't think we have another f1 race until next next weekend is that correct guys yeah we had a little bit of a break now because it, yep, yep. it takes a while to move the circus right um, and so we won't be having other Twitter live spaces for a few weeks, uh, but be on the lookout for that for those who follow us on Twitter. Um, it's been great. Thanks for listening. See ya. Keep it pinned.